Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Koki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 18, and welcome to the front porch. I hope you are having a great day wherever you find yourself today. Uh, I'm having an awesome day. Uh, my wife and I woke up this morning and just kind of did some dreaming. Like, I love that. We just did some dreaming, some, you know, what does it look like to set some goals? What does it look like to see kind of some of those dreams, some of those desires kind of come to fruition? And so we did some dreaming this morning, had some coffee, uh, ran some errands. I got to read. I finished a book that I've been working. Uh, I've been reading through a thousand. I think it's called A Thousand Splendid Sons. Uh, really, really good book. Um, so I had a really good day, just a good down day. Excited to be here doing this podcast, working through uh, scripture as normal. Uh, So much of what I'm learning right now and learning on the front porch, um, I'm excited uh, to be able to bring here, bring here to this podcast week in, week out. So excited to go through this passage in particular, Philippians 4, chapter 4. And it says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, do you ever find this, that, that so often the simplest of things tends to hold the most amount of truth or the most amount of beauty? You know, there's so much beauty in I love you. When you say I love you to somebody, there is so much beauty, so much impact from just those three words, I love you. It says so much. And so a lot of times when we come to scripture, you know, like I can't remember what, what episode it was, but, you know, Jesus wept so succinct, but there is so much in those two verses. This small little verse in Philippians 4, 4 is packing so much truth. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, We have a friend in Arizona. Her name's Andrea. And we've known Andrea, I think for about 10 years. Um, I got to know Andrea early on. She was a volunteer. Her son was in my uh, student ministries, and she was a volunteer for me. Uh, And then she kind of moved into the neighborhood just a couple blocks over from us. And so we became good friends, still are friends. And, uh, but one of the things about her is, uh, she, she has these, like, she loves the beach. So, um, as you know, I love the beach as well. And so she would always talk about how, when she would go to the beach, you know, she'd be looking and if you've ever done this, it's really cool, but you're sitting on the beach and all of a sudden out of nowhere, like dolphins will just kind of kind of arc their back and you can see like they'll come up for air. And a lot of times there'll be in, you know, two or three of them. Um, and it's always like really beautiful, really amazing. But for Andrea, it's, it's overwhelming. Like it takes her, it, 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 it consumes all of her emotions and she just starts weeping. So we always have these jokes about like, I wonder if the dolphins will come out today. You know, she's just, it just brings her so much joy, the beauty of it, the, the glory of these porpoises in the middle of the oceans popping up for her to see. And she just is overwhelmed with these uh, dolphins that are coming up in the middle of the ocean. Of course, we make fun of her because that's what you do with your friends when they experience any kind of thing like this. You just say, that's ridiculous but it's also kind of beautiful. And so anyway, it's, it's pretty amazing for her. It's an emotional experience. It's an emotional experience to see a dolphin come to the surface in the middle of this ocean. And I, and to be honest, I I find it 
amazing myself. It doesn't bring me to tears uh, like it does Andrea, but for her, it's this really emotional, beautiful, heaven-come-to-earth kind of experience, and it and it draws out those emotions uh, in her. And see, I think what's really beautiful about that and what's beautiful for so many is that we were, um, we are created to rejoice. You know, that's why it makes sense that Andrea cries. So that's why it brings all those emotions up. You know, we were created uh, to rejoice. And she looks at that and she rejoices because she believes in a God who created those. And I think in some ways believes like, wow, I think God brought those for me here. He brought those because he knows it brings me joy. You know, that's why people uh, freak out at sports games because they were created to rejoice. We created, uh, created to worship. So like there's a worship in that, uh, when you see that because it comes out, it flows out of who we are. You know, people go on long hikes, you know, surrounded by nature. They're called naturalists, right? Because they were created to rejoice. They're like looking around and going, this is so beautiful. They're anticipating, uh, getting to, uh, the top of that hike or the top of that ridge or whatever, because they want to ascend to the summit because they want to overlook what uh, they've accomplished and, and the beauty all around them. And it just brings them so much joy and they rejoice in uh, that, that moment. And like I've told you before, like I freak out. I freak out when I'm in the ocean. Like I love to surf and I freak out when I surf, when a good set comes in, when I can see a good set coming in from a distance, I'm like, get excited. I'm like, oh man, because I know when I catch a wave, like for me, that is as heaven on earth as it gets. It's just so, it's such a beautiful moment being in the ocean, becoming connected with something that God put there and he's allowing me to rejoice in it and and enjoy it. And so I don't know, what is that thing for you? What is that thing? What is that thing that you experience that brings you so much joy? What 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 I think is helpful to understand is that, that we were created to rejoice. That, that is deep inside of us. You don't have to manufacture that, right? You don't have to go like, okay, here comes a wave. Now be happy. No, it just comes out. Like for Andrea, like she sees a dolphin. She doesn't have to manufacture the feelings. It just comes out. And for her, it comes out in tears, right? We were created to rejoice. We were created to live this way. The world needs us to live this way because our rejoicing is a gospel presentation. For those of us who follow Jesus, who are following Jesus, our rejoicing is a gospel presentation to the world. And this is what Paul is trying to help us uh, get our heads around, helping the church understand this, is your rejoicing in, a, in whatever situation is really, really important. So if that's the case, what's gone wrong? If that's the case, if we are created to rejoice and our rejoicing is a gospel presentation, uh, what has gone wrong? What has happened to our day in and day out rejoicing? I think for a lot of people, like, I want that joy. I want to be able to rejoice, but there's something that's gotten in the way, something that's stopping that. And I think the reason why is because the problem is that... Uh, that we have become and we have put in place, uh, we put our rejoicing uh, kind of in the wrong place, right? And it's not a bad place. We put it in the wrong place, right? And Paul's trying to help us understand that uh, because I think what a lot of us do is we put our rejoicing in being successful in our job. 
Or we put our rejoicing in, uh, in a relationship or um, in creation or a sports team or our retirement plan or in the stock market. You know, like the ebbs and flows of the stock market. When it's good, we rejoice. Yay, everything's great. When it's bad, all of a sudden, all of that starts to decline. And Paul is letting this church know, and, and us as well, that our rejoicing here, this is really, really important. Our rejoicing has to be in the Lord. It has to start there. It's not that rejoicing in some of these other things is wrong. It's just that we put too much emphasis on them. We've forgot that our rejoicing begins in the Lord because it's in the Lord where all areas of our lives come into being. It's where life can begin to make sense. When we start first with rejoicing in the Lord, it's where all of life can begin to make sense. And so it's, it's like this. How, how can we rejoice even when it's hard or even when I don't get that job promotion or even when a relationship is difficult or when the economy fails? You see, how we can rejoice is only truly if we know that that we were rejoicing in, in, in Jesus. If our first rejoicing, that it flows out of that relationship with Jesus. So no matter what we're going through, followers of Jesus Christ can rejoice because our rejoicing is found in him. It's not situational. And, and what I love about this is this, is that when we get to heaven, uh, this is what we'll do. We'll rejoice. We will be in awe of his goodness of his glory, we'll be in awe of it. And Paul is saying this, if that's true, let's start now. Put your rejoicing in the right place. Yes, to rejoice in all those things we were talking about. But do not neglect your first rejoice. Your first rejoice is in the Lord. Rejoice in in the Lord. And then he repeats again, I say rejoice, but rejoice in the Lord. And everything flows through that relationship with the Lord. He's like, let's start now, but let's start rejoicing in the thing that carries us, not just in this life, but all the way through eternity. Let the realities of heaven invade earth and let us live in it. And this is what's really beautiful. I think about this idea as I'm just kind of working through it and trying to think through it is that this is what Paul's trying to get after. And this is what's really important, I think, for us to grab onto is that our rejoicing, as I said earlier, is evangelistic. So when the stock market turns or, or when our retirement plan doesn't hit where we want it to hit or when a relationship is bad. We can authentically find joy, even in difficult times. And we'll know when that rejoicing is out of balance, when we fall apart, right? And it, I'm not saying you can't grieve. I'm not saying you can't be sad. But my identity, my rejoicing is not found in whether things are good or bad. They're found in the Lord. And as we live that way, it blows people's minds. And they have to ask, why are you so happy? How can you find contentment? Do you know how bad the economy is? Do you know how bad this or that is? And you're going, I know. And I'm grieving over that. 
but my identity, my rejoicing is found in the Lord. So even in the darkest of days, even in the darkest of days, I can say I'm alive. And he's called me to be alive, uh, caused me to be uh, alive in this world. And I have a purpose. And even in the hardest of days, I can find that rejoicing. I can find that joy because my identity, my destiny, my all is found in him. It's found in the Lord. And so I don't know what you're going through today. And I would imagine for so many of you, it's hard, like it's really difficult what you're going through. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're going through. But what I'm saying is you're rejoicing even when it's hard is evangelistic. People will ask you why, how. Authentic rejoicing, not inauthentic rejoicing. Oh, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. No, 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 no. Don't fake it till you make it. But just place your rejoicing in the right thing first. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, and it's going to be evangelistic. Here's the other thing about rejoicing. Our rejoicing is eternal, which means it's not wasted here on earth. We get to carry it on into eternity. It's something that we build and we build and we build as we grow in this relationship with the Lord. I just love this idea that I'm carrying on parts of me from earth here. So rejoicing here on earth is so important. Because not only because it's important here on earth, but because it is truest, it's the true, one of the truer things about me. I'm going to carry it on into eternity with me. I'm going to stand before the Lord and go, whoa, you are high and lifted up and worthy to be praised. And, but it starts now in the way that I live my life. And so rejoice in the Lord always in every circumstance, good, bad, And again, I say rejoice because it's something that's really true about you. It's something that it's who you are. Do not misplace your rejoicing. Have it be found in the Lord. And when you find it in the Lord, you'll really be able to experience that joy in that life that he's calling you in to live. You see, the focus of our rejoicing will determine the future of our lives, the contentment we find the satisfaction we find. You see, that rejoicing is building something. He is in control. He is my Lord. He knows what's best for me. So what could you do today to start focusing your rejoicing in the Lord, no matter what's going on? What could you do today to start focusing your rejoicing in the Lord? So maybe as this podcast ends, maybe you say, hey, Lord, I want to find my rejoicing in you, and I'm going to rejoice in every situation. It doesn't mean the situation I have to go, oh, I'm so glad my so-and-so is sick, or I'm so glad I'm losing my job. No, you don't rejoice in that. You just rejoice in the Lord, because rejoicing in the Lord is not situational. It's eternal. So you are worthy to be praised, and it's in you we rejoice from now into eternity. So take a breath reflect and believe that the God of the universe is near to you than your own heart. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.